All righty, everybody. Welcome back to another Chase Stories chat. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Phelan. Phelan, welcome. Appreciate you Thank joining you. me today. Yeah, um, super stoked to be here. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Phelan and I know each other through another Instagram friend, um, as well as we do have a mutual connection in Grant, Grant Chow. Grant, if you're watching this or hearing this, we miss you. We love you. Um, hope you're doing well. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of how we met. Um, as it is tradition here, um, Phelan, we always start off with a cheers. So you got your beverage. I've got my beverage. Cheers. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. You, you can't just cheers and not drink. Alcohol. True. You're right. You can't really cheers without alcohol either, but that's the life right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, Phelan, um, let's hop right into it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where yeah, you're from? Really. So. Yeah, so I am a life coach, a fulfillment coach. I help people basically figure out how to live their lives authentically and how to get what they want. And, you know, sometimes I think it's really hard jumping ahead here, but sometimes it's really hard to know what you want. And so I think working with people to help them figure that out and then make it happen. And it's been a long winding road to how I've gotten here. But the short story is, or like in a nutshell, um, I'll just start with where I grew up because that's what you asked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I grew up in Massachusetts and in a small town, super uh, out of the way, very rural. And I was just in the woods all the time. And I think like that was kind of my formative experience of growing up was being in nature. And then um, another thing that was like really formative when I was young was my parents split up when I was eight months old mm -hmm. and we're both super young. So yeah. those two things were like the main parts of my childhood. Uh, and then I just moved around a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you feel like that really sort of impacted how you are today? Like that split up, do you feel? And um, just like, as well as just like growing up in a rural part of the United States? Yeah. So when I say rural, it definitely was rural, but it was also, you know, two hours north of New York City and it was a tourist town. So it wasn't, um, you know, in the, the boonies or like way out there, but it, it was definitely in nature. So that was not as, as impactful for me though. It did make me into someone who likes being outside. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for my parents splitting up, yeah, that definitely had a big impact on me just in terms of, you know, going through something traumatic when I was young and then trying to figure out like what that meant and like not having a good role model to look good role model of a relationship to look for, yeah, I looked to for a long time. And um, yeah, I just had to like grapple with that growing up. And it's not like some big heavy thing that I still deal with all the time. Yeah, right. I think if anything, it helped me be able to have empathy for other people who've dealt with hard things. And that is something I'm really grateful for. And my parents definitely should not be together. So I'm really glad that they're not right. <laughs> so yeah. it ended up working out. But yeah, it was definitely something when I was younger that I dealt with. Yeah, definitely. Um, as someone who as, as well, who has gone through like family splitting up or like parents splitting up, but definitely creates a large impact. And I can totally see how like it, it you know, like for myself, um, like it definitely impacted the way I see relationships, my own relationship, relationships and what I've gone through. Um, and it's taken some unpacking, I think, over the years to kind of realize that and how it's affected me. Um, obviously, things had to happen and things happen for a reason. But, you know, I definitely feel you on that. And I feel like if other people who've gone through something similar, I feel like that's something that, 
you know, needs to be unpacked as well, because it, it does create, you know, it, it definitely has an impact on you as a, how, however old you are, like it definitely makes a, you know, there's definitely, that's something that happens um, when you go yeah. through something like that. 100%. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, life coach, authenticity coach. How did that come about? Yeah. So I just graduated from college in June. Mm-hmm. I'll be straight up. <laughs> and um, I basically was trying to figure out what to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And I worked this summer for a pizza restaurant and I was just doing like cashier stuff and I love mm-hmm. the pizza. So I wanted to work there and just like make some money. But yeah. I ended up working for them for a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm not, a, I don't want to work at a cashier making $12 yeah. an hour. Right. And so then I asked myself like, what what do I want? Which is kind of what I touched on earlier. And I realized that there are three parts of coaching for me that are really important. And one is that I love to do it Two, just like seeing results means that I'm good at it. And three, I think that a lot of people need it. And so the combination of those three things has been kind of the go button for me for like things in my life that I might want to do. And, um, yeah, I think besides that, like it, I'm on a mission in life to basically help as help every person be authentic and to really like change the narrative around why we work and why we do what we do in our lives. And I think that a lot of people feel the need to get a certain job because of expectations that their parents put on them or society puts on them. And a lot of people aren't actually doing what they really want. And so I think that uh, just changing the narrative around work from, you know, doing what you should do to doing what you really want to do. And that's like my goal is just to make it a world where everyone actually gets to do what they really want to do. And it's a big goal, you know, and I think that it's achieved one person at a time for me right now, just in terms of like affecting the world and helping people be authentic. And uh, that came for me from my own experiences basically with mental health and what I call spiritual depression, which is to me when someone is out of alignment with who they're meant to be. And spiritual depression for me is like, a really, really important concept. And it's, it's different than chemical depression or biological depression, which is, you know, more of just you're born with the wrong chemistry. And that's when like certain drugs can be really helpful. But I think drugs don't really solve spiritual depression. Being authentic does. And for me, it was like something I dealt with through a lot of years of my life. And um, when I was in New Zealand studying abroad, I had this really transformative experience, which I can tell you about in a bit. And from that kind of just like figured out that I needed to be authentic and that I actually really wanted to. And I think that what really like switched the switch for me was when one of my really good friends called me and was just like really not okay. And he was telling me about this experience he had and how he like thought about suicide and just like Mm. that hit me really hard. And I just got really upset and I was like, you know, I, if I can do something about this, I need to do something about this. Right. And if I can help people live authentically and if I can share my story and what I've been through so that other people don't have to go through the same things, like that feels important. And I think that that more than anything else was what pushed me to not take a, a typical path in life and to instead do this. Well, yeah. You talking about spiritual depression. I've never heard that term but I really, really love it. And I'm going to start using it now from now on. Um, Just 
I mean, I feel like I've gone through something like that as well. And doing these, doing this project, doing these chats with people is sort of something that's kind of brought me out of that, I feel. It's definitely something that I've been wanting to do for years, but I kind of pushed and put on the back burner and never did. Totally. And I've talked with several other people, I feel, on these on these chats um, as well, just about being authentic, being yourself, especially in social situations and, and how yeah. exhausting it can be to not be yourself and putting on a facade and not doing what you love and pushing it aside because of society and, you know, what's the norm or what what's going to get me, to, you know, to this next step or whatever, because that's what should be happening. Um, yeah. Or that's what people expect to happen and how frustrating and, and exhausting that is, like I said. And so I, I really love that and what you're doing. And to start, I think it does have to be one person at a time. And that's how things start. It starts one at a yeah. time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. One thing that you just touched on and that I can kind of circle us around back mm -hmm. to you is uh, social anxiety and just like showing up authentically in social situations. Yes. And um, so this again goes back to that New Zealand story. Mm -hmm. And so when I studied abroad in New Zealand, I got there uh, in June or July, I think early July. And I was there for July through the end of November. And I or end of October. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I basically got there and had so much social anxiety. And I like didn't feel mm -hmm. like I could have a conversation with anyone. I didn't feel like I could actually be myself. And I didn't even know who that was. Like I didn't know who myself was. And it caused me so much trouble. Like I just had to experience this like insane separation and isolation from the world. And from other people around me and I felt so lost and like out of sorts. And I listened to this podcast by or featuring Aziz Ghazipura, who is a confidence and authenticity coach. And he's the whole concept of the show was about how not to be the nice guy. Right. And they always say like, nice guys finish last and like, mm -hmm. but what does that really mean? Right. And he wrote a book called not nice. And it's all about being authentic and not people pleasing. Right. And I, since reading that book, like I see it all the time, right? Like yeah. people feel like they need to do something for someone else when really we should be extremely self-centered. And that doesn't mean like selfish, mm -hmm. right? Like I don't think for me being self-centered means putting myself before the world or before others, but it means doing my life the way that I want to so that mm -hmm. I can add value in a way that is specific to me, right? And I think that's a huge difference, like a huge differentiation. Um, and so what ended up happening in New Zealand is I was there and I read Not Nice. And then I read this book. Um, I read Steve Jobs' biography, which was just really inspiring to me because uh, he did a lot of really cool things for the world, um, even though some people say he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> and um, then after reading that, I finished reading this book called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And at the end of that book, like, the main character basically had this, well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but basically had this like experience of coming back to himself. Mm -hmm. um, and I finished this book and had this crazy moment where I walked into the woods. I really had to pee. I walked into the woods after reading this because I was in the gardens, like in the botanical gardens, but mm -hmm. it was more like remote than in a city here that we would think about. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so I walked into the woods and just like looked up at the leaves above me and could see every single vein of every leaf and felt my soul like thunk back into my body. And mm -hmm. I realized that I had basically lost myself for 
like seven years or eight years um, since middle school, basically. And I like had been trying to conform to what I thought I needed to do and who I thought I needed to be, but was never actually taking action on who I was. And that was a crazy transformative moment for me. Uh, and since then, I think I've had lower lows and higher highs than I ever did before. Um, but I've been doing it as myself. And I think that that made all the difference in my life. Yeah. Yeah. How, so you said, you just mentioned like, you felt like it started in middle school. What were some of the things that you felt that you were conforming to and, and really sort of like pushing yourself into this like box essentially? Yeah. Um, I think, so I went to small private schools, like Montessori schools when I was growing up and Mm -hmm. just was very like creative and, you know, went at my own pace and loved to like run around the woods and be imaginative and, you know, pretend I was a wizard and hit things with sticks. Right. And just like being really like a kid, you know, and then I got to middle school and went to public school in seventh grade and the transition from private school where it was like just six of us in a class and we all were like super non-judgmental to middle school at a public middle school where like everyone judges everyone. I think I realized in middle school, like I had this, you know, fake realization that I needed to fit in to be cool. And like, I looked at the eighth graders and I was like, Oh, they're really cool. You know? And so I want to be like them. And I just was obsessed with this meaning of cool. Like I have this one memory of asking my friend Isaac, like, dude, are we the cool kids? And he was like, what do you mean? Like there are no cool kids. We're all just people. Right. And at the time I was like, I don't know what you mean, but looking back, it was really obvious. For an eighth grader though, by the way. Seriously. Yeah, no, he's, he was smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah. So I just like really felt like I needed to conform to this like ideal person, you know, good at sports and uh, good at school. And, you know, I think that a lot of my friends were like kind of mean actually in retrospect. And so like, I ended up being kind of mean. And then, you know, I also just had this really crippling like self doubt too after, cause I was just like, I don't know, in retrospect, like fine looking, but to me then I thought I looked like a slug. I was like, I'm fat and I'm like chubby and I'm ugly and like no one will ever love me. And that was like the story that I told myself at that point in my life. And um, I basically like held on to that identity for like seven years, like until I was in college and all of my friends were like, Phelan, you're not fat. You're not ugly. Like people will love you. And it took so many times for people to tell me that for me to actually believe it. And it's ridiculous, you know, like the identities that we hold on to, but especially the ones that we form when we're kids and in like Mm -hmm. our young adult years like they can just stick you know like some of my clients experience like these really insane things where they've just like been holding on to some identity or story that they're telling about themselves since they were like five you know and because of something their parents did one time and it's just like that is part of my job as a coach is to help people get through those stories of like what they're telling themselves so that they can actually show up as who they are and not who they were or who people thought they were. Yeah, man, it's almost like anchors, things that are just, are chains that are just like holding on to you and they hold on for so long, you don't even realize it. It's just like, it becomes another part of you. Totally, that's a great way to describe it. Man, that's- It's like dragging, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Like, that's the crazy part is that you don't even realize it becomes so ingrained in you until like you really sort of have to do this sit down and this analysis of yourself to be like, whoa, that's not actually me. Or like have someone else like be like, that's not you. 
Yeah. And I think that's great that you're that you're being that outside person looking in um, who's helping them. Yeah. It's really satisfying to like watch people have transformations and just be like, Oh yeah. Like I asked some good questions and they saw themselves in a different way and now they're doing their lives completely differently. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, for sure. That's totally fulfilling for you. Like I'm a hundred percent. Yeah. It's exactly, it's selfish for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about a little bit how you got to the point where you are. So like, what's the sort of work that you needed to do in order to get rid of those, you know, I guess it's just the term that I just use, just like those chains and how to, how to, how were you able to shake that off? Yeah. Um, so I think that the most, well, first of all, I'll just say like, it took a long time mm-hmm. and, you know, I've been looking back at some of my old writings and like writing about my life a little bit. And, uh, basically what I've seen is that, you know, I knew what I needed to do for a long time, but I didn't actually do it. Like I knew that I needed to make a choice to be authentic. And I knew that I needed to let go of certain traumas and I knew that I needed to do things, but I, I just didn't, you know, and I would write that I needed to do them and I would, I just never would. And so I think that there was like, and that kind of went on from, you know, like freshman year to, probably mid junior year when that happened in New Zealand. And for those like two and a half years, I was pretty down, you know, and I had fun, but I just like, wasn't really living life fully. You know, I would go to parties and I would do my homework and I would go hiking sometimes, but it didn't feel like it feels now. Like Mm -hmm. there's just a huge difference to how life feels for me today compared to how it did two years ago. And I think I didn't really realize until just now actually, but I'm just so alive and I have so much energy every day and I'm ready to like, like I've been waking up at four every day, which is absurd, you know? <laughs> and I think that, um, yeah, like you ask what, what worked for me and how I got rid of those things. Like, I think the first thing for a lot of years was just a ton of journaling and writing. And the second thing was reading a lot of books and listening to a lot of podcasts. So just yeah. like trying to learn. And then what ultimately like was the transformative key for me was actually taking shrooms and I like did them a few times and had this just like, I just like let go of the stories and I let go of these like attachments to certain senses of self and was exposed to this creative power that we all have in us and just like our we're all endowed with the ability to manifest whatever life we want and i saw that you know when i did shrooms and i think that from that point forward like i consumed content in a different way so like i would read different books in terms of like trying to be really present and grateful and aware of the world so learning more about buddhism and more about meditation and just like really showing up in life and taking responsibility for what I want to have happen. And um, yeah, it was like a, at first a really subtle difference over the first like two and a half years of trying to figure this out. And then uh, it just like really switched. And yeah, mm-hmm. I also think one, one more thing that I would say is that uh, in February, February 17th, I think of 2019, I like was walking back from class one time and uh, I got to a stoplight and between like my campus and my home mm-hmm. and was just like waiting for the cars to go. And I had this like 
thought that it's just like, what if I just stepped in front of that car? You know, like my problems would go away, you know? And as soon as I thought that I was like, holy shit, like, what did I just think? Right. Because I had never really experienced suicidal thoughts before that. Um, and I think that really like shocked me out of my complacency and made me like really, really, really think and like do, and just, you know, like I'm not going to kill myself in life, you know? And if I feel like that, like I need to do something differently. Like I absolutely need to. And so I think that, you know, hitting rock bottom, which I've, have done a few times, but like hitting rock bottom really made me realize that like, it's up to me to not do that again. You know, like no one else is going to come along and save me. I just need to like do my life the way I want. Yeah. And it needs, it needs to, it needs to be from you. And yeah, well, I've had, I wouldn't say that exact thought, but you know, sometimes I have the, the ideas like, you know, if, if something were to happen to me right now, how would people remember me? Hmm sort of like this legacy thing which can at times it's like sort of debilitating in in a way where it's like it's super like oh my gosh like that's one of my fears it's like having regrets and not doing at the end of the day what i want to do and like people not like what are at the end of the day like what's important first of all um like how are people going to remember you and the things that you did in life because at the end of the day like i've just been realizing just how short life is in general like so short oh my god like i was just thinking like i have a brother who just graduated high school it just seemed like yesterday i was in high school and now i'm 27 years old and i've been working at this job for i'm a preschool teacher so i've been working as a preschool teacher for five years now and it I was like, holy crap, I've been here yeah. for five years already. I like when I showed up, I'm like the young guy on campus and now I'm one of the all like yeah. veterans. And so when like I start putting things into perspective, like things go by real quick and you just like, you know, like yeah. what am I, what's my contrib- contribution or not even contribution, but what am I doing for myself to like, you know, at the end of the day, like this was a life well lived, like it was worth yeah. it. There's uh, that Thoreau quote of like, I want to look back at my life and know that I like sucked the pith out of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like look back and have regrets about not showing up and not living. You know, that's not at all the quote, but it's, (laughs) it's like the idea. Thoreau slash Phelan quote. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was just listening to this podcast today and they were talking about, it was the Tim Ferriss show. I don't remember who the guest was, but he, the guest said something that really stuck out to me. He's an artist. He said, um, this thing that I'm working on, this business that I've started will survive if I die. And like, if, or if I like leave, right. If I like stop working with this business, Mm. it will continue on and flourish. And I realized at that point that like a life well lived in my mind is like, if you can leave a legacy that continues to impact the world positively after you're dead, right. Mm -hmm. Like in whatever shape form you want. Right. So like for you being a preschool teacher, like, you're educating children, right? And like, that's a huge thing. You know, if you can provide a safe space for kids to learn and like access knowledge and access uh, different ways of being and like preschool is a really formative time, right? And so like, it might not feel, you know, like you're leaving the legacy you want, but I think it's really important work. Um, Yeah, and I think also on that, just like there's this idea of having an impact in the world and I think it's good not to obsess over that because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many ways to have an impact. 
and they're all good, right? Like if you want to have a good impact, there's so many ways that you can do it. And so it's much more important to decide who am I and what am I uniquely qualified to do and what can I add that's unique? Yeah. As opposed to saying like what problem most needs solving. Yeah. I love that, that uniqueness part and how I've, I've been just doing these conversations with people and sort of my, my hope is that, you know, people listening and just the people doing these with me will realize just how unique and important their stories are because everybody's so unique. Everybody's gone through something different in their life. Like no one person's experience is the same as the others. And so by sharing these stories, like you can, you know, the, the listeners, hopefully you all listening or watching can get a chance to either just like, you know, either relate or learn from these other people's experiences and be able to apply them to their, to your own life. Um, so yeah. that's my hope and goal for, for these chase stories, chats, like, you know, and just being able to do that and showing that uniqueness around the world or I don't know. That's I mean, beautiful. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I said around the world, I'm like here to like do it. San Carlos. I mean, but yeah, I mean, like this is the start, obviously like reaching out to friends, people like you connections and like, this is where it starts and you know, we'll see where it goes, but it's one person at a time. And, totally. and that's all that matters to me. I think if it, if it impacts one person listening or watching, you know, that's, I need to remind myself as well because it's easy to get caught up in like numbers and, you know, wanting to create something really big because you get this attention from it. But, you know, it's very much at the end of the day, like reminding myself why we do what we do like yourself as well. Like I'm sure it's just like, if it create a, a positive impact for this one person, then, you know, that I did my job essentially. Yeah. For me, it's like, that's awesome if that can happen. But a win is just, did I like what I did? Like, mm. Did I have fun? You know, and I think that yeah. it's really important, especially with a new project or entrepreneurship. Like you, if you're doing this for someone other than yourself, you probably won't do it, you sure. know, unless you're like, and there's a, a subtle thing here, right? It's not to be extremely selfish in life. Like I, it's really hard to talk about this, like to figure this out and parse it into words, but basically, you know, not being extremely selfish, you know, but also being, doing what you want, right. And doing what you want for the sake of others. Right. So it's like, if you thought that by doing this, you would have an impact on one person's life, but you like hated being on these calls, like don't do that thing, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you both need to like love what you're doing Mm -hmm. and be able to do it for other people. And I think that that's like a key piece. Yeah. Also, just in terms of uniqueness, I have this metaphor that I made. And basically, uh, everyone is born as a blank canvas, right? And as we grow, and as we experience more of life, we have different bubbles on our canvas. Mm -hmm. And for me, like one of them might be photography or for you, right? Mm -hmm. And then another could be parents splitting up, right? Or like family issues. And another could be... um, I don't know anything, right? Like having certain friends, right? Or just everything that we do like goes on this canvas. And as we put more time and energy into specific bubbles, they grow, right? So you'll like have, you know, college will at the start be like this and then it will grow bigger, 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 right? And as all of our bubbles grow, they overlap. And I think that where, you know, maybe 50 or 100 bubbles overlap on on our canvas as we get older in one spot, you know, like a, a Venn diagram, when we have that one spot, then it's like, that's 
a bubble, a new bubble that's never existed before because no one has done this combination of 50 or 100 things before in the same way that I have, you know, or you have. And so that's where we get this ability to add value to the world in a unique mm -hmm. way from that like overlapping spot. And then as we start to do that, then that bubble starts to grow, you know, and then we're creating something new in the world that only we can create, which is really, really cool. So okay. that like took pressure off myself to be like a specialist, you know, like because yeah. I just love so many things and I realized it's great to love so many things. Yeah, totally. And I think it's it's easy to to think that you you don't have any value or like something to contribute um, because mm -hmm. you may see other people who you feel are doing these incredible things. And, you know, you may feel like, you know, I can't do something like that. But, yeah, those combination of those bubbles, as you just said, which I, I love that metaphor that you just you just painted for everybody on that canvas. Um, yeah, I think that that's that's a great way to think of it and, you know, how everybody can really bring some value to everything and to every part of, of life. Um, so thank you for that. I'm, I'm going to use that. I feel like doing these talks, I've been picking up on different things from every single talk and like taking strategy totally. or whatever metaphors. And so that's why it's been really fun for me and why I enjoy doing these sorts of things. Love it. Let's talk a little bit about your authenticity podcast. Um, the yeah. real authentic, is that? The authentic uh, path. The authentic path. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah. So you want me to just jump in? Yeah, do it. Let's, let's sure. hear about it. So basically I think I started it for a pretty similar reason to like why you started this. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to, well, I guess at first, like my main priority was like figuring out how people I looked up to did what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, and just like, you know, I wanted to go live in a van and travel around the country and take photos. Right. And so I like interview people who've done that. Um, and I think that that's how it like first came into my like idea, my, my brain. Yeah. And that was like a while before it started. You know, I think that for me, like it took a long time in my life to have an idea and execute immediately. Right. And now I think when I have an idea, it's like, it's way faster from like inception of the idea to action. Um, and so the podcast like took a long time and I just, the first thing that like made it real for me was getting the first yes to coming on the podcast from this guy named Danny McGee. And he is really cool. <laughs> and yeah. I just like reached out and he was like, yeah, like I'll do this. And I think that then I had to set up a time and I had to, you know, show up to the call. And then I had to publish the episode because like, I'm not just going to not publish it. Right. Yeah. So I was accountable to him, someone who I looked up to, to do something. And at that point, you know, I couldn't not do it. And so it was really helpful, I think for me to, get over my own fear of putting things out there and get over my own like fear of just like doing what I want, because I think like doing what you want can be really scary sometimes. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was really helpful to be held accountable for that. And so basically now, I guess just to get into the podcast a little bit more, like I interview people who I think are living authentic lives so that I can basically share their stories with my listeners um, and inspire my listeners to go do that. And yeah. they learn how right so and i learned how and i think that it's been really cool and um it's really fun to see kind of like the the mission inspire other people like recently i reached out and asked if anyone wanted to help me with the show because i didn't really want to be editing episodes and um i had a bunch of people reach out and be like yeah i would love to help you with this for free like i love what you're doing and i think that was like a really really cool moment for me where i was like oh 
like what I'm doing actually is creating like, like it's, it's new, you know, and it's something yes. new that other people want to be a part of. And that was really powerful. Cause I think that so often we think like, Oh, like you said earlier, like, Oh, they can do that, but I could never do that. You know? And even though like the podcast is still relatively small in terms of listeners, like it's really fun. And I think it's like having an impact in other people's lives, which is super cool. So, yeah. Where do you either hope or foresee that going? So basically I want the podcast to facilitate my own growth as a person. Yeah. Um, and do it for all of the people who listen. And I would love for it to grow a lot. You know, I think that as I get better at interviewing and as the people who are on the show um, become the people who everyone really wants to listen to yeah, and kind of knows and can identify, like it would be really cool for it to grow, you know? And I think that a lot of, like the other day I was talking with one of my mentors about, or listening to him talk about actually about fame and like, what are the downsides of being famous? And he was sharing about that. And I, I thought like, you know, there's a sacrifice that you make when you're famous because you can no longer be like anonymous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think that like that sacrifice is really worth it for me. If it means that I can have an impact in more people's lives, you know, like yeah. if my reach to like help the world be more authentic gets bigger that's a win. So that's like what I'm looking to do across the board with everything that I'm doing right now is just to like have access to more people so I can help them be authentic better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, as you've kind of started down this journey, um, obviously the coaching and the podcast as well, what are some difficulties that you've been experiencing or some road bumps that you've been experiencing going along this path so far? Yeah, I think that like the biggest thing is just remembering to like believe in what I want and believe that it's possible. Yeah. And then also like ask myself consistently, what do I want? Right. So like what I've found is that on this path of doing consistently, what I am really trying to do, yeah, things happen very quickly. And so where I was a month ago is very different than where I am now. And identifying that gap and then realizing that I need to ask myself again, what do I want? And then do it a little bit differently. Right. So it's like kind of a zigzag, like it's not a straight line. Yeah. Um, and I think just being aware of that has been tricky, tricky for me. And I think the other thing is just like, like being an entrepreneur means making money to support myself. And that's like, it's new, you know? So I think I'm getting used to like the uncertainty and getting used to both like the low end, which is having nothing and the high end, which is making more than I've ever thought possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, like it has not been super challenging for me. Like it's been a lot of work. Like I, I work pretty much all day, every day, but yeah. I don't mind because I really love what I'm doing. And I don't say that in like a cliche I don't know way, but it's like, really, I feel energized every day to show up and work hard because I really want to make this happen, um, both for me and for others. And so I think it's like super invigorating and it fills me with enthousiasm, enthusiasm every day. And I feel just from people that I've talked to are really 
doing what they love and are, you know, are really sort of following their calling, they have those experiences of, of feeling very invigorated and just like full of energy. And like, although, you know, it's a lot of work, they don't feel as tired because the work doesn't feel as tough um, because they're doing what they love. Um, so I think that's totally true. And doing these podcasts, I know I've been on a, on a mini hiatus just because of, um, I've been, I like moved and I'm just like settling into a new routine, but getting back into this, I've, I, um, I talked with someone else um, earlier today as well. And just like, nice. man, I miss doing this. Like, yeah. this, like I get tired after these conversations because I think I describe myself more as of a, an introverted extrovert is how I describe myself and doing these, like having these conversations is great, but it definitely takes a lot out of me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I just, it just feels great to, you know, talk to you. I talked to um, Bethany is her name. I talked to Bethany earlier and it was just like great conversations, great people. And just, you know, just a lot of fulfillment and just feeling good about it. So Love good vibes all around. That's all. That's what it's yeah. um, Let's talk a little bit as well. Like something you just started this coach thing. Um, they just posted on your Instagram coach, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I, for reference, I posted this literally maybe 45 minutes ago. Yeah. And, um, I just had an idea basically to create a podcast around coaching because I think that coaching and coaches like life coaches have a pretty negative, uh, stigma around them. Yes. And I think that's fair <laughs> in a lot of ways because I think that some coaches are not good coaches and should not be coaches. And so like the fact that there's not really a huge certification program or like you don't need to be certified to be a coach means that like, you know, anyone can do it basically. Like I'm not certified right now, even though I'm planning on getting certified. But the fact is, is like, I'm seeing a change in people's lives. That's like really real. And so I think that the point of the podcast for me is to kind of share stories about coaching. And like, I really want to interview people or not interview. Like I really want to coach people on the podcast. Right. And just like help them through whatever they're going through so that I can show the world that coaching is actually a real thing. And another part of it would be like, bringing on coaches who've been doing it a lot longer and asking them like mm -hmm. what for you has been really valuable as a coach, you know, and like what transformation have you seen in your clients' lives? And then in addition to that, bringing in like all different kinds of coaches, right? Like health coaches, business coaches, startup coaches, like whatever. And then also bringing in people who are, you know, really quote unquote successful who have experienced being coached, um, talk about their experiences. So that's like the three, types of episodes that I'm thinking about releasing right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, it will give kind of like a holistic view of coaching yeah. for people who might not have experience with it. And it will also give like a ton of tools for people to actually like change their own lives, right? Because it's like yeah. all of those things, all of those people who come on the show are going to be experiencing transformation or sharing how they've helped transform other people's lives. And I think mm -hmm. that's just going to add a lot of value, you know? So, yeah. yeah. What, just thinking about coaching in general and thinking of myself as a teacher, almost, you know, teaching yeah. is like, you know, being a coach as well. And just my experience as well as being a, a soccer coach growing up playing soccer and sort of my coaches as well. Um, what do you feel? This might be a two part question for you. What do you feel are some qualities that are needed to be a good coach? And what are some qualities or things that are needed to be a good person to be coached as mm. well? That's a great question. 
Uh, I'll start with the first one. Yeah. The most important thing is being a really good listener. Hands down. Um, the second I would say is being able to not only listen to the words that are being said, but to the words under the words that are being said, mm. you know, and getting really deeper, like much deeper than I just don't feel like I can do this work. Like I'm so overwhelmed and I have so much going on. Like that's not actually the problem. It's like, are you actually aligned with who you are? Right. And like, that's a much deeper question. So I think like that, um, I don't know what makes everyone a good coach, but I think what makes me a good coach and probably lots of other people is being vulnerable ourselves yes. and being willing to share our vulnerabilities so that the people that we're talking to and, and guiding, teaching, coaching, like know that they can feel safe to open up about their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a sense of humor for a coach actually is really valuable. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I think for me, like another really valuable thing has just been, I'm like pretty well read, you know, like I know a lot of things and I've like experienced a lot of interesting stuff in my life and being able to like pull those things out and offer it up, you know, um, just like reference certain things or talk about a quote that I heard one time or, whatever it might be, that's like really, I'm able to transform someone's life. But I think that what it comes down to is being really good at listening and being really good at asking the right questions, I would yeah, say. Definitely. Yeah. And then the second question, what makes you coachable? Yeah. This is super interesting. And the more people that I talk to you, the better an idea I get or the better feeling I get. Like yeah. I can just kind of sense it intuitively, but I can't really describe why. Um, but there's this, there's this response that I'll get. Like when I ask a certain question, that's hard. And I'll be like, Oh, have you thought about what you want from your life? You know? And the person will be like, Oh, actually like, yeah, but like, you know, I really just like, I'm kind of busy or yeah, but I, it's not working, you know, or mm -hmm. yeah, but like, there's always this like, Meh. and I think whenever I hear that like tone of voice come back, I'm like, Oh, this person's not coachable, you know, because being coachable really means, you need to be willing to do whatever it takes to make the life that you want happen. Mm -hmm. And that means not being a victim, not playing the victim. And it means taking complete hundred percent responsibility and ownership for mm -hmm. everything that happens to you. And um, yeah, some people just don't do that, you know, and they're good people and they're trying their best, but there's just a difference that I see and it's really profound, you know? And I think that, one way that I identify it is I'll give people assignments to go do like action items every week. And after the first call, if they don't do the things that I ask them to do, like, you know, they're not going to do anything else. So yeah, it's just like, and the other thing I think with coaching is that a lot of people who come to me to get coached, like opt in and are good, are able to be coached. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, there are a lot of people who don't, you know, and I think that the first thing, the, the most important thing in life if you want to make your dreams come true is to take ownership of your life, you know? And that means really like everything that happens to you is up to you, you know? And I talked about like pulling quotes out of the air. There's uh, this uh, actually also from the Tim Ferriss show, there was this rabbi who he brought on and the rabbi was talking about another rabbi who was older and I don't know their names, but he said this thing, which is, um, like you're never, put in a situation you always choose 
the situation you're in, or you always choose to stay in a situation. Mm -hmm. And it's also like something that Viktor Frankl talked about, who wrote A Man's Search for Meaning. And he was a Holocaust survivor and a really amazing man because he put this like choice in front of everything else. And I think we always, always, always have a choice to, of how we show up in the world and of what our mindset is, no matter what situation we're in. Mm -hmm. And so I think just, you know, what makes you coachable is knowing I have a choice. I choose to take ownership and responsibility for my life, no matter what it takes. Yeah. You had so many good points right there, man. The, I think I'm just thinking about my own experience and just trying to keep that mindset. Like it's up to me and like keeping that responsibility and that accountability on myself, because you know what, like when I do put like, put myself like, Hey, like it's up to me, it's my decision. Like it's my mindset, how I go into and how I deal with these certain situations um that's when i can really tell just things are so much easier to go through and even if like things may be difficult different experiences they may be difficult but because of how i'm choosing to go through this like it's it doesn't have as difficult or um honestly just like so it, it isn't as hard to deal with these sorts of things because i'm able like i have this mindset like it's my choice about how i respond to these things totally um, yeah and, yeah, I was just talking to a, yeah. a client today about this and like in relationships, like there's this big difference, you know, let's say you like get broken up with, right? And there's a big difference between asking like or between saying like, oh man, this sucks. Like that person did this thing and like we broke up, you know, versus saying what can I take responsibility for Yeah, in that not working and how can I do it better next time, right? Like there's this thing I always say, which is like, there's no failure and there's no success. You just learn or learn, right? And yeah. Like, it really comes down to that. Like, you know, are you looking to grow or are you looking to like stay the same? Are you looking to go into the unknown or are you looking to be in your comfort zone, right? And that's like what it comes down to in any situation like this and why it feels so much better when you can say like, yeah, that didn't work. But like, if I get to make the next time go better, that's like really empowering versus saying that didn't work. And every time from now on also won't work because that's the story that I'm telling myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like fundamentally different and much more empowering one way than the other. Yeah. I was just thinking as well, just, I'm sorry, going back to just like what you described, yeah, like go back. being coachable as well. The, the line, you know, you get what you put in. Um, yeah. Like really just like, as soon as you said that, I'm like, it clicked in my head. I'm like you get what you put in at the end of the day. Like if you're willing to put in and willing to, you know, say like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to put in the time and work. Then you're going to get so much more back or like compared to the other where it's just like, man, maybe, you know, like there's a lot of stuff going on. Like then obviously it's not, it's not worth your time and nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change unless you're willing to exactly. put in that time and effort. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that my job as a coach is to, believe uh in my client more than they believe in themselves right and to believe that the lives that they really want are possible even if they don't you know and what that means is like getting them to say what they actually want and then getting them to believe that it's possible right and once they believe then i like then it's just the gradual process of like checking in every week and being like, all right, what came up for you this week? Right? Like what yeah. is, what are the roadblocks? What are the hurdles? You know, but really like it's, uh, you know, I can't make my clients succeed. 
You know, yeah. like whether what if they succeed is up to them. I can only help guide them to their success. Right. And I think that it's really valuable. Like I have a coach and it's really valuable to be coached because it keeps me on track with what I actually want and what I say that I'll do. Yeah. Um, but even like accountability, like a lot of people will come to me and hire me because they want someone to keep them accountable. And I'm like, look, I can't keep you accountable. I remember I was hiking with one of my friends one time and he was like, we were talking about, I wanted to like start this company about like accountability buddies, like, you know, where you just like your friends will help you stay accountable for stuff. And he said like, no one can hold you accountable for anything except for yourself. And that really stuck with me. Yeah. I'm that's uh, being accountable is a big thing for me that I need to remind myself to, because I'm, I'm the kind of person who I feel very creative and I can start all these different projects. And then I'll be like, well, the fun part of thinking about the idea is done now to actually yeah. put in the work and being accountable and actually they stick into a routine and finishing it up. That's kind of tough. And it's a thing life, hap totally. life happens and you know, all this other stuff is going on, you know, it makes it hard to, to stay accountable. But I think that's, I'm just trying, that's something that I'm working on as well. Um, with this podcast, just life in general to just remind yeah. myself of that. And this goes back to what you were talking about in terms of like mortality and the fact that like, we're gonna die. Yeah. Like you have to do it, you know? And that's what I realized for me. Like I just, I'm going to die, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, I have to live my life the way that I want because mm -hmm. if I don't like, what was it for? Right. And that was a really powerful experience for me of just being like, Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to stay accountable to myself when I either like die upset with myself and guilty for never having done what I wanted or I die happy and excited to like move on to the next, whatever's next. Right. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, I, yeah. Time is just so valuable. And I think that like the more I do what I want with my time, the more I realize that because there's only so much time to do with what I want with, <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's like, yeah. And this is That's not it. I think, I just want to just kind of reiterate sort of with this conversation, like this isn't us trying to be like, if you're not, you know, putting in all this, you know, your efforts into doing this, then you're just fucking up with your time. You're not doing anything. You're, you're just wasting your life. No. And just like, it's not supposed to be stress inducing either that like, Oh, you're going to yeah. die. You better hurry up and do your things. Otherwise you're screwed. Right. Um, this is very much just like coming to the realization. Like you said, like it's going to happen. Like, I've, like that's the one thing. You know that you know that's for sure like everyone's gonna die mm -hmm. um and what are you gonna do during that time while you are here on this planet and just yeah. you know, thinking about that and that's super important right. yeah i love that you said that because i think for me like there's this thing called the curse of knowledge and it's like once you know something it's really hard to explain it yeah and um yeah like <laughs> for me like this whole death thing is something i think a lot about for people who don't like all that this is pretty jarring to hear yeah and a lot of people like don't know what they want either. And that's okay. Like mm -hmm. it really like the only thing that you have to do that might be different than what you've been doing before, like not you, but listeners or everyone is like, just make the choice to be yourself yes, no matter what, you know? And like that comes with a lot, but it's so powerful, you know? And if you can be yourself for the rest of your life, like you've lived it well. And it doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, write 10 best-selling books or, 
you know, become president. It just means that like, you got to do what you got to do. And if that is having three kids and a dog and a white picket fence, like awesome. But if it's not like, don't do that, you know? And it's just like understanding the difference between, you know, what the, the quote unquote dream is like the American dream. And then what it is that is your dream and making sure that you're not doing the first one and you're doing the second one. Yeah. And it, it's not supposed to be stressful. It's not, I mean, it might stress you out, but it's, it's yeah. really supposed to be like inspirational, you know, and like yeah. you should be inspired by what you can do with your life because yeah. it's like yours to do what you want with. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So Phelan, what do you have in the works cooking up right now? You've got coaching, You've got two podcasts now. Yeah. Anything? Any other secret projects that you want to um, <laughs> share that are in the um, ideas? It's it's funny you ask about this because I was not going to share about it, but I am now because you asked specifically. So um, six days ago, I started writing a book, and I've been waking up at four to do it, and I've been writing five thousand words every morning, and so I'm at thirty thousand words in six days. Oh which is like 65, 70 pages or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to finish my first draft of the book in the next two weeks. So yeah, yeah, it's really a lot, (laughs) but it's been super sweet. And um, I don't really know what it's going to look like when it's done, but I'm just trying to like write as much as I can every day. And then I'll go back and reorganize it and all that. And the point of the book for me really is like to you know, do what we were talking about earlier. Like if I die, I want there to be something out there that can help people in the same way that I would like to help them. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I can put that in a book and people can pay $10 and read it and it like helps them be themselves and it helps them not like, it helps them get over spiritual depression, which is like a huge thing for me. It helps them like move through their addictions if like they have any because i talk about mine in the book Mm -hmm. if it helps them with their relationships if it helps them experience new things like there are so many potential ways that this like book could help people and i think that for me like that's the big reason why i'm doing it is like if in the event that i die i want there to be something out there that can basically teach everything that i've learned so far in life if i'm not here yeah that is awesome. And, you know, this podcast will probably be, I'll probably publish it a little later on. Um, so maybe it'll be out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be hopefully be out by then. So I can like, just like, as soon as this comes out, help promote it as well. Um, and I will definitely, when that comes out, please let me know so that I can get my own copy. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next question, how can we, myself included, best support you? Hmm. You know, I think that there's two answers. There's one that's like selfish and there's one that's not. (laughs) And I think that in terms of the selfish one, just like, you know, if you, if anything that I said today resonated with you, I would love to talk to you about it. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to charge you money as like a coach. I just want to like have a conversation. And so like if anything I said uh, made you think about your life differently, please, please reach out. And you can do that at phelan.com, which is F-A-O-L-A-N.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, non-selfishly, I would just like love for everyone to be authentic and really sit with what that means and ask yourself, like, 
how am I showing up in my life that is not how I want to be, right? Or is the life that I'm living today the life that I want to be living? And if it's not, why am I not living the life that I want and doing everything that I can to make it happen? Yeah. And I think that like, you know, if everyone who listened to this answered those questions, like that would be awesome. Yeah. Great. And I think you already hit it. I was going to ask, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Would it be through Phelan.com? Yeah. And you can reach out directly at hello at Phelan.com. And then, yeah, if you go to the website, it's pretty easy to figure out too. Perfect. Yeah. And when I publish this, it will be included in the description of the video as well as the post when it comes out. Cool. Uh, Awesome. Phelan, seriously, thank you so much for being a part of this and for joining me today. Um, I've been looking forward to this. We've been trying to like schedule a time. Yeah. (laughs) We've got to like, just like life happened. And so we're finally able to do this. This has been super fun and Honestly, like I really appreciate you and listening to you talk and um, just hearing, you know, just sort of the, a lot of the points that you made right now really resonated with me and my life and my life experience so far, especially over the last year or so. And then sort of discovering what I want to do and, and trying to be authentic as well. Hmm. So I'm excited for that book so I can also read it and continue during <laughs> this journey. Um, Thanks, but yeah, yeah, seriously, thank you so much. It's been really fun talking to you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I think that your questions have been really powerful and opened a lot of doors. And I also just like want to appreciate you for doing this. Like, I think it's really a really cool step forward in the world. If you can bring more stories of what it means to live life well out and put them out into the world. So I just like want to thank you for both having me on and then also just creating this in general and for teaching preschool kids because Hey, really, really hard job. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's been uh, interesting. Thanks to uh, obviously COVID and Zoom, but I will say it's been pretty fun too. So it's been nice to be able to, we've been teaching in person also. So that's been kind of nice not to do it all through Zoom, but uh, but it's been fun. Mm. And then one more thing, if you would like to follow me on Instagram, it's just Phelan, Mm F-A-O-L-A-N. And I'll include that as well once this comes out. Phelan, once again, thank you so much. Appreciate you and to all the listeners out there. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Hope you have a good night. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking soon, Phelan, catching up. Sounds great. All right.